yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. With us today, our first guest, we got Tone. What up? And also with us today, back in the saddle, we got Cancer. What up? Thanks for coming to the podcast, guys. Oh, yeah. Glad to be here. As tradition, you know, we always start off with, because uh, we're drinking and bullshitting, we kind of do the rundown of what everybody's drinking. What do you got today, Cancer? You're kind of a An pretty big, pretty, well, <laughs> I was going to go with beer snob, which yeah. is like a nice way of saying alcoholic. <laughs> beer nerd, more like, but uh, yeah, I got uh, Evil Urges from Shorts. It's a Belgian style, dark, strong ale with a sad cat on the bottle. Nice. I like it. Uh, I got a Blood Orange IPA. It's the first time I ever... Uh, tried it it's pretty good it's not bad you you do the ipas a lot though right yeah who makes that one amendment brewery nice you know the shorts brew i've been going with a lot of shorts lately and uh i was almost drinking like strictly founders it yeah. almost becomes like a crutch you oh, know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's just easy to go with founders shorts is good stuff they got a lot out there yeah so. oh yeah now like my beer today i feel like this is almost a psa i was gonna have to kick the craft beers because I got this uh, 5K coming up, mm-hmm. and I'm fat yeah. as fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> and craft beers don't help that, so I was going to cut it down, you know, and have to go to, like, I mean, some bullshit, like a Mick Ultra or something. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, or, you know, I could go to whiskey, though. I like Avocado whiskey. Avocado toast and a <laughs> Mick Ultra. But luckily I found, so it's it's on record that I'm a big fan of Two Hearted, and then I found this Bell's Light Hearted. Yes. There you go. I got a fucking a craft beer that I can still go run around with after. So, so you could drink uh, double, right? Right. <laughs> and, and that's all that's going to happen is I'm just going to drink way more. I mean, I don't know why I'm going to sit here and be I don't see much of a difference, but uh, I feel great. It's a placebo effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. We got to take the time. Thanks, Swaino, for the intro music. So subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, he puts a lot of content out there. And then while you're subscribing... You can follow us on whatever your favorite pod app is now. We're available on all the podcast players. Uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. You can go to social media. We're Bad Guy Podcast at Instagram. We have all the pictures that we show at the end, but we don't have them as the lead picture. So you can go to the Instagram and you won't see the pictures, but you can go and swipe through and they're all there. Oh, nice. No spoilers. We, we are a spoiler culture nowadays. <laughs> oh, so yeah. It's the last thing. That'll be my first one-star review. Some guy that went to the Instagram and fucking seen the picture and it ruined the episode. You got to warn people about like the endings of movies that came out 25 years ago. <laughs> like, yo, I didn't see that yet. Like, oh, my bad. I didn't know you hadn't seen The Exorcist. Right? Yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to spoil Star Wars for you. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Guess what? He's his father. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, whoops. You just lost like seven listeners just now. And they're like, God damn it, I didn't want to know that. We'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is Tom Silverstein. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Thomas Edward Silverstein, a.k.a. Terrible Tom. <laughs> right out the gate. <laughs> Terrible Tom. What? <laughs> 
But I think most of the bad nicknames are the real nicknames. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the, you look at early UFC, everybody's nickname was the Young Assassin or, yeah. or something like that. Like, that's what happens when you pick your own name. When you get a nickname, it's typically something like <laughs> <Yeah>. Terrible Tom. <laughs> like, what do you think of Tom? He's terrible. <laughs> He's just awful. He's terrible dude. That's the comic strip that got beat out by Dennis the Menace. They're, they're this close Tom. to being Terrible Tom. Good Lord. Tom Silverstein was born in Long Beach, California on February 4th, 1952. Now, his mom, Virginia Conway, divorced her husband while pregnant and remarried to a man named Thomas Conway, who Tom calls his dad to this day. He says it's his biological father. Okay. But then within four years, she divorced Thomas Conway and married a guy named Sid Silverstein, and he legally adopted Tom, and that's how he got the name Tom Silverstein. That was a quick run through of dads <laughs> in fast succession. Nice. <laughs> He grew up in a middle-class neighborhood, but he is described as timid, awkward, and shy, frequently bullied, a lot of times because his peers mistakenly believed him for being Jewish. I, I don't see how. <laughs> it has nothing to do with his name, right? <laughs> right? Shocker. I wouldn't imagine how that would happen. Virginia Silverstein didn't really put up with that shit, and she was insistent that her son fight back. So she would tell him, like, if you come home crying because you got in a fight with a bully... Well, then I'm going to beat your ass, too. Mm -hmm. So you don't come home crying. You better stick up for yourself. You better fight back. A quote Tom said about his mom. She stood her mud. If someone came at you with a bat, you got your bat and you both went at it. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love a mom that's into bat fights. (laughs) I would have loved if my mom would have come out of the house a few times with a bat. Bring it on, motherfucker. I mean, my mom came out with frying pans. (laughs) My grandma came out with a slipper. (laughs) I mean, like... Hit you with a chunk, that's about it. I, honestly, I think uh, I would prob- I might prefer a frying pan in a fight because I like a one-handed weapon, you know what I mean? Yeah. A bat's a big swing. That's like got to be the worst version of that quote. Like, what's it supposed to be? Like, if, yeah. if, if they bring, you know, they bring a knife, you bring a gun. If they bring a bat, like, if they bring a bat, I bring a bat too. Well, yeah, why can't I bring yeah, something yeah. better? They're already cheating. Right. Like, <laughs> like, I want you to be aggressive, but I want you to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck that. Now I'm in a bat fight? This yeah. is fucking ridiculous. He's put some barbed wire on it or something. Drive a couple nails into it. Is this the Warriors? Yeah. I know this would be a shocker with that kind of quality parenting, but by the age of 14, due to kind of just uh, chronic delinquency issues, Tom was sentenced to juvenile at the California Youth Authority. And he said there, his attitudes towards violence were really reinforced. Said that anyone not willing to fight was abused. What we see frequently, you know, mm-hmm. you, you take kids, well, even kids, adults, whatever. Like most of these people, th- this thing has reformatory in the name. He yeah, came out yeah. saying, oh, yeah, you got to be more violent. I believe that's the opposite of reform. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's usually how it happens. And then they get worse and worse and worse and worse. Case in point, in 1971, at the age of 19, he got sentenced to San Quentin prison for armed robbery. San Quentin in the 70s. That was kind of ground zero for the prison gangs as we know it now. Okay. So most of the gangs that we've heard of, you know, the Mexican Mafia, the Aryan Brotherhood, was San Quentin in the 70s is where a lot of that came from. And then they kind of grew into the overall prison systems because as these guys do crimes and they get yeah they get transferred to federal places, then they just franchise it. But I was in this club at San Quentin. It's really cool. We should start one here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's 
we we've all seen Blood In Blood Out, right? Right. Yeah. So well, uh, actually, I only saw the first five minutes of it. Okay. Well, what about American Me? Yes. That'll do that. in a pinch too. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> so that would be your should have been like a pre work. You know, you go go ahead and watch that, yeah. and then come back, and then right. that'll be like San Quentin in the seventies. Right. I never went back to it. I was the first time I was just out of high school. We were all sitting at a friend's house watching it. And I smoked too much weed and drank too much and threw up on myself five minutes, <laughs> five minutes into the movie. So don't spoil it for me. <laughs> I only saw the first five minutes. Uh, so it left that bad impression. You get that bad drunk and you can no, never, never go never back, back to it. To it. <laughs> well, I definitely Boone's think it's farm and blood and blood out. Two things I don't fuck with anymore because of that day. <laughs> It's definitely like a movie you should see once, but I don't know. I mean, look, Once Upon a Time in America is one of my favorite gangster movies, right? right. I seen it was back on uh, Netflix, went and clicked on it, was going to watch it, seen it was four hours, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's a commitment. I'm straight. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on that. <laughs> right. Maybe next year. I mean, Blood In, Blood Out, I believe, is like a three, three and a half hour movie, so it's, oh, it's kind yeah. of on that. I wonder if they thought I was dead. <laughs> I love the whole thing. <laughs> Now, this is where uh, Tom Silverstein first got his first affiliation with the Aryan Brotherhood. In the prison gangs, they are the smallest, like in numbers, so they have to make up with it for being the most violent. So the Aryan Brotherhood's known for being one of the most violent gangs, and they're the smallest gang. He does four years in San Quentin, and he finally gets paroled out. But by now, he's pretty much a fucking hardened criminal mm. because he he's not out for a couple years. And then he meets up with his dad, his old dad, Thomas Conway, and then his cousin, Gerald Hoff, and they go on a string of armed robberies. Nice. Conway was his biological? That was the one he called his biological oh, dad. Okay. So that'd be like the middle dad. So he, he don't know his biological dad. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Tom, Tom Conway would be second divorce. Dad too. Not right. the adopted dad, the dad in his heart. Right. <laughs> and so they're a family that does armed robberies together. Well, at least they're together. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, I mean, he's been out of his life for a while. It's yeah. time that he should catch back up. Yeah, right. quality time, you know what I mean? Hey, I heard you did some time up in San Quentin. Let's see what you got, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what you learned. Well, clearly none of the three of them were too good at it. So they hit three stores. They made just over $11,000. And then they got caught and charged with all three. Tom Silverstein was then sentenced to 15 years for armed robbery to be served in Leavenworth, Kansas. Damn. Leavenworth's another bad one, right? Yeah, Leavenworth's uh, yeah, that's a big one. So he's doing the tour. Yes. Well, that's definitely to have done time in both San Quentin and Leavenworth. That's yeah, not that's, uh, uh, that's that's not county. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. At Leavenworth, there was an Aryan Brotherhood. The Aryan Brotherhood. They, they also go by AB, but what they primarily go by is the brand. So Brand? Yeah, so brand. if you ever hear the brand, okay. that's the Aryan Brother. about name. the Gap? No. Okay. <laughs> I honestly kind of, I feel like that's a, a good marketing, right? The brand? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's short, it's catchy. Like, everybody everybody knows Aryan Brotherhood when you hear that. It doesn't sound, you know. Yeah, if right. it wasn't connected to them, it would be... Uh... <laughs> if nothing else, solid marketing. Yes, yes. So the brand there, they had a low-key presence. So Tom was able to pretty rapidly rise through the ranks. He had a reputation for being violent, fearless, and a cr criminal strategist. He was smart, and he was down to fight, and that's pretty much about what it took. Yeah. Okay. In 1980, a younger AB member named Danny Atwell was asked to start muling heroin in the prison. So he wanted his, his girl to bring it in. So his girlfriend brings it in, hands it over to him. He keister stashes it, <laughs> and then they bring, bring it in. That's kind of the game plan. 
And what year around is this? This is 80, 1980. Mm. Ah. And heroin is typically the drug of choice in prison. So Danny Atwell refuses and he's killed in prison. And Tom Silverstein was charged and convicted with the murder of Danny Atwell and sentenced to life without parole and transferred to the United States Penitentiary in Marion, Illinois. That was uh, the time that was a higher security facility. Okay. Interesting. Never heard of that one. It's because nowadays, and, and we'll get there eventually, it's been lowered its security status oh, because okay. because it houses like um it's a unit for people with charges for sex crimes like as a rehab center. Ah. Uh, so I guess they take the violent motherfuckers out because they'll kill all of them, <laughs> the, yeah, the sex yeah. offenders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now Marion is not. It's not even a maximum security prison. It's like a medium security prison. Okay. But at that time, it was a maximum security prison, okay. and it was one of the most uh, combative prisons in the country. Oh, wow. Uh, the odd thing about the the Danny Atwell murder is in 1985, they ends up getting overturned. A couple of the witnesses, it turned out that they perjured themselves and they got caught lying. So all that evidence got, all the testimony got thrown out. So the charge got thrown out. It doesn't mean he did or didn't kill him. I don't know exactly, but he did get, you know, he was doing 15 years. He got convicted of that murder and got sentenced to life without parole. And then it ends up getting overturned. But by the time it gets overturned, that will have been irrelevant at that point. Yeah. You know, I never really understood that. Like, if I was ever, like, falsely accused or something, and end up going to jail or prison or whatever, I would lie about killing people. I would, like, try to scare people, try to keep them away from me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They always use that. Like, you watch forensic files, they'd be like, well, a cellmate overheard him say this and that. We're like, you know, I don't know how you could take that as truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, take that as gospel. Like, yeah. like in prison, you would just say whatever. Right. I'm going to tell you whatever you guys want to hear that would give me a shorter sentence or yeah. get me the hell out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I never I never quite understood why they would put stock in that stuff. Right. Well, I feel, I feel like you have to have a bad attorney on your end because that's got to be super unreliable testimony, right? Yeah. You know, the... I mean, credibility alone is always an issue. Right. For sure on the credibility side. Yeah. But on the... It's just he just said it somewhere, and we're gonna. I mean, you're in prison, or didn't your rights just get taken away from you? Why are you allowed to snitch? (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, but it'd be like you know, hey, um, if you tell me that so and so did this, there's an extra couple packs of smoke cartons of smokes in here for you. You know what I'm saying? Like there was too much room back then for incentives and for um, just muddying the waters by just offering things to people and or just people wanting to be like, hey, I'll give you uh, the so-and-so killer if you take 10 years off my sentence or something. Well, yeah, so little goes a long way. Like you're saying, yeah. some commissary. You yeah, know, something seriously. That, something that on the street wouldn't get a guy to roll out of bed. All of a sudden, <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know what? You know what? Yeah. I'll tell on that. You get an extra hour outside next week? Okay. Yeah. Especially if you catch a transfer out or something. You know, mm, yeah. you're transferring somewhere else and this is all like pre-internet and shit like that. Like, yeah. ah, you know what? I'm out of here. Yep. But anyways, like I said, now by the time it gets overturned, it won't matter anymore. At Marion, he was housed in a unit called the control unit and it was reserved for extreme management problems. So prisoners that are uh, prone to assault and disruptive behavior. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like the show Oz. It's almost kind of counterproductive to say, like, to take areas and say this is for all the worst people. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
That seems like Wait, a bad right? idea. Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to take all the worst people and stick them together? Oh, yeah, that should go fine. It's like all the worst movies are like that. It'd be like post-apocalyptic. Like, put all the bad people in one area. What could go wrong? Uh, the big gang at Marion was, it was called the DC Blacks. That was the second largest black prison gang behind the black gorilla family. And they kind of, like, were running most of the operation at Marion. In 1981, Terrible Tom and another uh, AB member named Clayton Fountain went into the cell of a high-ranking D.C. black member named Robert Chappelle, and one strangled him while the other one held him down on his bed. Oh, shit. Now, unbelievably, I know this would be a shocker, but Tom Silverstein actually denied that one, too. He said he didn't do that one. Oddly enough, he was like, Did he ever do anything? Has he ever committed a crime in his life? No, I don't know why I'm in here. I swear to God, I didn't kill that one either. I was railroaded. You guys just keep trying to put these, all these people keep dying right around me. While Silverstein was on trial for Chappelle's murder, the Bureau of Prison transferred a guy named Ray Smith, known as Cadillac Ray, and he was the national leaders of the D.C. Blacks. All right. And not only did they transfer him to Marion, they transferred him to the control unit. So they transferred him to the exact same unit as the guy that just killed one of their leaders. And they have prison logs showing that the first day that he arrived in the unit, Cadillac Ray started making moves to try and kill Tom Silverstein. Makes sense. There was a quote from Silverstein that said, I tried to tell Cadillac that I didn't kill Chappelle, but he didn't believe me and he was bragging everyone is going to kill me. Like, you thought that was going to work? Like, <laughs> hey, I, I, I didn't kill him, dude. I just need one person to believe me. <laughs> I just need one person to have faith in me, that's all. What about you, Ray? <laughs> I didn't do it, man. Well, and I would, I think, like, so even if he believes you, and he says, okay, you didn't kill him. I'm the national leader of the D.C. Blacks. You're one of the leaders of the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> I don't care. I'm right. still going to hold hands and right. skip through the yard? or like, It doesn't really matter, yeah. You, you know why I'm here, right? He's not a detective. He's not going to be like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I guess I should find the extra, the real killer. Right. <laughs> they interviewed other prisoners, Tom, other members of the prison gangs, and everybody basically said everybody knew it was going to happen and nobody did anything about it. And they basically I said it was like the guards were waiting for it to happen. That pretty much the guards kind of wanted to see one of the two of them kill each other. Okay. Yeah, they all had money on it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably the whole reason they put them together. You know what I'm saying? Like, figure, okay, you got two horrible people. Maybe they'll one of them will cancel the other one out. Or maybe they'll both cancel each other out. Yep. You don't have to deal with either one of them. I've seen stories out there of prisons where there's been rings broken up of COs, like, organizing, you know, prisoner fights and stuff. And like we were talking about earlier, I mean, you can get guys to do for a little commissary or yeah. some smokes. Right. Absolutely. You can for sure get them to get into some, some you know, gladiator fighting and shit. Hell yeah. I mean, what else you got to do? <laughs> and who's going to believe you if you be like, well, you know, the warden told us to do it. And they're like, yeah, sure. And you didn't rob those uh, those stores, right? With your dad? And you didn't kill the guy in the cell, right? Sure. You you spend a lot of time not doing things. Yeah. <laughs> for a guy that's in prison, that's been in two, three of the worst prisons. You know, you're an unlucky dude. There's just a lot of people trying to set you up yeah. for some reason. Why are you so important? Right. <laughs> so not long after Terrible Tom and Clay Fountain, while they're in the wreck area, they snuck off and were able to catch Ray Smith in the shower area and they shanked him 67 times. Oh, That's all? After they killed him, they took his body and marched it up and down the catwalks. <laughs> In front of all the cells. Man. So they could like show everybody. Like Bernie's and shit? <laughs> that's how I picture it. Yeah, that's what. Oh, good Lord. 
Now I seen a, I seen a picture that was a drawing. Like it wasn't like the actual picture, <laughs> right. but it looked more like like carrying them across. You know, like you carry your wife or whatever, like in your arms <laughs> oh, across the threshold. <laughs> yeah, look like across the threshold is what it looked like it carried them. But in my mind, I picture the two of them, uh, weekend and Bernie. And oh man, that's yeah, that's uh. So he was trying to um, you know, make a give a message for everybody. Like, hey, this is what we did. Well, like I said, being an underman gang most of their deal was you have to put it out there look we're violent we'll fuck people yeah, up do the so. worst things because you don't have the numbers that makes sense well i mean i read a thing one time that or one of the things while i was doing this guy they said like one of the rules with the aryan brotherhood is once you commit to killing a guy like if the guy runs you gotta chase him if he runs into the warden's office you stab him in front of the warden if the warden jumps in then you kill the warden too like there's no there's, <laughs> there's no backing down like once you once you start it they gotta die like there's no escaping one of our hits that's fucking well i mean you could see a guy that was doing i mean 15 years is big time yeah but he didn't hesitate within a short amount of time to turn that 15 years into a life sentence and then into another life sentence what i don't get though is like okay so i can see the mentality where you're like i'm not going to reform even though i never did anything right I'm not going to reform once I get out, so I'm probably going to end up back here again. But, I mean, you could at least have that little bit of freedom. It's like, when when do you get to that point where you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to be here forever, so I might as well just do whatever. You know I'm, what I'm saying? I'm just going to be the fucking man of this place. They're going to call right. me Terrible Tom. I'm going to be terrible. <laughs> you, you give a man a terrible nickname, you get a terrible <laughs> you know performance. Like, <laughs> if they called me punctual, then I might be on time all the time. I don't know. <laughs> so, for the murder of Cadillac Ray, he was given another life sentence, which is now his third life sentence <laughs> and a cadillac but it was the first murder that he admits to doing oh so that one he did yeah, he did kill he will tell you that he killed cadillac ray all that other stuff i didn't do but right. this one yeah this is pretty much only one accounts though right right it yeah. doesn't matter <laughs> it's a life sentence so if you one of them man well and at this point this is only 1981 that's why i said once that one gets overturned in 85 mm -hmm. it doesn't fucking matter anymore because you've already killed all these other guys and you have all these extra life like, right, terms yeah. right. you know so now it turns out okay no you got one less life <laughs> <Right>. sentence <laughs> now, now <laughs> you run two life sentences run, uh to serve concurrently like oh cool so i'm doing double time now you're just never ever getting out yeah instead of never ever ever right right yeah as if there's some delineation between the two in addition to getting another life sentence now they moved him to solitary confinement but he uh -oh. was he was still able to primarily call the shots from solitary confinement i'm always intrigued how, how did they do that shit it's through the guards uh it's got to be through the guards a lot yeah. of times they say that I don't know about this time in 81, but by now the brand has taken over the overall control from the mafia. So for a long time, the the blacks and Mexican gangs typically got the numbers, okay. but the mafia always had, you know, they had the control, they had the money, they had the connections. So they were the ones that could get stuff into the prison. They were the ones that could get stuff done. They were the ones that could buy off guards. Well, at this point, the Aryan brother, I'm not, not this point in the story, like at this point today, yeah. the Aryan Brotherhood has overtaken the mafia in prison mm -hmm. to the point where when John Gotti was in prison, he used the Aryan Brotherhood as his security. Ah, uh, got it. I'm guessing, I mean, it's got to be mostly the guards. Right. Yeah, around that time, I would think, yeah. Everybody wants something from somebody. But he didn't mind solitary too much. Like I said, he was able to continue running the mob, or he was able to continue kind of calling shots, and he spent a lot of his time with his art. Turns out, oh no, he's, act he's pretty good. Um, Damn. 
So he's a pretty good artist. He'll do art the rest of his life. Yeah, he actually is. Uh, well, that previous picture was that the Aryan Brotherhood? Yes. Y'all look like cholos. No, that was uh, <laughs> it's those mustaches. Yeah, is they, what all, it is. they all want to look Mexican. It's like we hate the Mexicans, but we want to look like them. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that was uh, the AB. It's just uh, look at that perspective and that shading. Terrible times, not so terrible. He, he might be might be terrible in life, but in art, yeah, yeah. fairly fairly good. Hey, he's a piece of shit, but man, he can draw. Well, and these are just kind of a couple that I grabbed. Like, you can look at, like, he's got a lot, a lot of art out there. And some of it's pretty good. I mean, some of it's a little creepy, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> well, pretty I good. Like creepy. <laughs> he, he, you know, what's weird, though, is sometimes he has some stuff that's real hacky, too. So, like, you can see, like, a lot of stuff he draws where it's like, he draws situations that he's in in prisons, like, with the guards and stuff like that on how he's treated. Yeah. And uh, it almost looks like cartoony, like, like something that I would draw. But then he'll draw, like, this crazy, you know, pencil work. Yeah, that's really, really crazy. So he'd spend a lot of his time doing art, but then he eventually started to develop a grudge with a correction officer named Merle Klutz. Uh, is that a nickname <laughs> or is that his real name? No, his actual last name was Klutz. C-L-U-T-T-S. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Merle he Klutz. He was either going to become, was he? A corrections officer? Yeah, he's either going to become that or uh, just be bullied the rest of his yeah. life. Yeah. A, a CEO, that's, a police uh, officer. He's uh, what Channing Tatum's character in 21 jump street just oh god <laughs> that's me i'm merrill klutz klutz oh that poor poor man now he was he was a 19 year guy he had been um he had been a corrections officer a long time and most of us all of his co-workers seemed to like him but most prisoners interviewed that were asked about him typically said they didn't like him they said he was a bully and what a lot of them said is it's not so much like okay we don't like any of the co's mm-hmm you know, but a lot of them, we understand, you know, we're all trying to coexist in here. We have a respect. They treat us respect, with respect. Right. And they said it was beyond just he was an authority. It was a lot more. He was compared a lot to a bully. They said he liked to impose himself on the prisoners. Yeah. Because when he was a kid, he was probably bullied and called yeah, a clutch. Now, now and he's the one with the, the power. Yeah, he's <laughs> the man. He's like, who's the clutch now? Right. I'm in here with this big stick. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if that's a story. But right. that's probably the story. Right, because I'm sitting here picking on some corrections officer as I'm talking about this murderer. Loser! With your 19 years on the job. <laughs> yeah. Putting your life on the line every day. That's the problem when you do too much of this research. You start reading too much about these bad guys. You're like, yeah, fuck these cops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Meryl Klutz. <laughs> <laughs> Where he tended to be a bully, he seemed to specifically like picking on Tom Silverstein. And what it seemed like is he kind of fancied himself a big bad guy, and he kind of wanted to mm. put Tom in his place. Like when Tom would be, he, Tom was only allowed out in solitary. You only get out for, you get like your hour of ex- rec time or whatever, and then okay. you get out to go to like a shower, or if you got visitation or something like that. Whenever he would get out of his cell, like a lot of times Merle Klutz would tell him like, oh, I did, I, I put a little, I helped you out a little bit with your, uh, with your art in there and you like go smudge out all his work which there's a lot of pencil work so if you smudge it it would really fuck it up real bad <laughs> yeah, it's a and, typical co thing to do <laughs> and they would, he would uh he would always break his pencils or steal his pencils and then he would search his room they were allowed to search the room whenever but he would search his room all the time just to do it and he would just go in there and just flip all the, you know what i mean just yeah. wreck his shit and just kind of leave it so they just kind of had this like back and forth beef where they they didn't get along Terrible Tom decided 
that it was important to set the tone in the federal prison system that not only do AB things, not only does the brand run things in the prison with the prisoners and they're not to be fucked with, but they run things with the COs too. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you come in here, you're not to fuck with us. So he put together a plan and then he ordered another AB member named Randy Gomez to get himself thrown into solitary. And when he got thrown into solitary, he went in there with a shank and then a key. Now I had multiple sources. One said that it was a homemade key. Some say that they had one shipped in from the outside, but either way, he keister stashed a shank <laughs> and a key oh, man. and got himself thrown into solitary confinement. Plenty of room yeah. in there, huh? <laughs> Look, he had a suitcase, he had a cane, he had a shank. I guess someone's up for an early retirement. He had a wallet up his ass. <laughs> like when you start he hearing- Set. Look, it's obviously that's all <laughs> fucked up. But like you hear you hear a lot. Like when it comes to prison gangs, like the baddest motherfuckers in there. Like when it's drugs or something, you know what I mean? They fucking all do it. But like when you start hearing stories about a shank, what the fuck, man? How are you supposed to fucking that's a that's crazy. Yeah. That's well, a fucking I mean like how do you sit on the bus ride up there? You know? like, oh my god! Hey, hey, you know, I had a system with string, duct tape, uh, saran wrap. Like what? <laughs> do they? You know, you think they tape it up or something like that? Like the the blade? I'm 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 assuming they would have to. There's no way, or else no you would just die. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather just speculate because there's no way I'm gonna look that up and be like. How do they stuck that shit up their ass? <laughs> well, because, look, we discussed our concerns over the feds coming to get us just by Googling your album. Yes. So, so yeah. you know, you Google, uh, <laughs> what, what was True. it, grenades, pistols, and rape, rape whistles? whistles? Yes. Right. So that right there can possibly, yeah, true. you know, get the feds called. So you definitely don't want to start looking into keister stashes. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd rather go to the library and uh, they have something, read it there specifically shanks uh, yes. so what we're gonna do uh we're gonna go ahead and take us a break real quick so we're gonna take a smoke break <laughs> refill our drinks and we'll be back in a minute Just real quick, want to ask you to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Go to Apple iTunes, 
give us a five-star rating, and leave us a review, and we'll read it on the show. If you have any questions, comments, or a guy that you would recommend we cover, you can email us at sayhellotothebadguypodcast at gmail.com. We also want to thank Sixfo Sueno for letting us use his music in the intro. You can subscribe to him on YouTube, and also a friend of the show, Cancer. He's got an art, photography, and graphic design page at Eyes Bleed Defiance on Instagram. You can see a lot of his work, including our cover art, which he designed. And he also performed the mid-show song, Blood, from his album, Grenades, Pistols, and Rape Whistles. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. When we left off, Terrible Tom, he's kind of putting his plan in, plan in place to make sure that he could kind of set the tone. That whether you're a prisoner or guard, nobody's going to fuck with their brotherhood. Okay, so Terrible Tom kind of started casing him out. So he started getting a good, like, he would watch their every move. Like, when they let him out of the cell, you always have to, in solitary, you always have to be handcuffed. So before you even come out of your cell, you turn around, they handcuff you through the lunch slot, and then they open the gate and let you in. But he would watch carefully, like, how they would act, what they would move, what they would do, pick up patterns. So he started scoping them out for a while. And once he kind of had it figured out, on October 22nd, 1983, when they were taking him out of his cell... To take a shower. When he caught Merle Klutz not paying attention when they were in front of the cell of uh, Randy Gomez, the guy that had smuggled in the shit, he put his hands over by the lock or by the meal slot, and the guy used the key to unlock his handcuffs and hand him a shank. Wow. And he shanked Merle Klutz 42 times in front of the other two guards. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He was eventually overtaken by the other two guards and then rearrested. And then so, <laughs> after 42 <laughs> times, though, yeah, well, like, hey, hey, stop, stop. That's 39. You better stop <laughs> three more and we're going to rush you. There's two different stories I've seen on this, too. So I did see a reference that said the other two cops or the other two officers took off at first. Then I seen one that said that they jumped in, but he was just I mean, he does 2000 pushups a day. I said it just basically turned into a big brawl. He was focused on shanking the one guy. And eventually, like, the other guys were hurt and shit like that. Oh, so, okay. I so mean, he didn't attack the other two? No, they attacked him. He hmm. didn't stop stabbing Merle Klutz because he was, or Merle Klutz because he was done. He was just stabbing him until they eventually got him off of him. Wow. So it seems like it was kind of a, a brawl or whatever. Right. Either way, he stabbed that guy and they got him. Merle Klutz wow. died. So now Wilder's trying to figure out what happened, get it cleaned up, and, you know, kind of reestablish everything in the unit. Two hours later, uh, Silverstein's friend Clayton Fountain, the guy that helped him with the other two murders. Yeah. He killed another corrections officer, Robert Hoffman, the same way. So they just teach these motherfuckers a lesson. Is this the same day? Same. Yeah, two hours <laughs> later. So while they were yeah. still actively, this guy just got shanked. You know, a, so an officer. trying to deal with that situation. Yeah. And they got this other. So from solitary confinement. And they planned it out for the same day, same time. Like, man, that's it's really crazy. Like, I don't know. Like, so when I said he was still running shit from solitary, and you're like, well, how does that happen? Yeah, I have no fucking clue. Like, right. you know, yeah, that's crazy. He he admitted to this murder too. So now he's <laughs> he's he's past saying he didn't do it. I mean, he kind of you know he kind of had you on this one. It was like, oh, you got me. Yeah, you got me. Red hand. It caught me with my hand in the cookie jar. Yeah, good lord, man, that's crazy. Forty two times. He said that it he felt real bad because his wife and daughter came to court. He's got a, you know what I mean? It seems like a nice wife and a nice kid, and this guy's some regular guy. But he said, but the guy was an asshole, and nobody sees that. So everybody sees me. I'm a bad guy that stabbed him, but the right. guy was an asshole. Right, I mean. So nah. he said, I feel bad for his wife and kid, but fuck him. 
which wow. like I said, I don't know. Maybe maybe the guy was an asshole, maybe he's a corrections officer and this guy's a psychopath. Either way, you can't Yeah, I mean stab people 42 times. Yeah. You can, but you, you know, <laughs> you I mean, you're dealing with prisoners here. They're here for a reason, you so, you know, you need to think twice when you're fucking being a dick to these guys. Well, it, they don't have anything else to lose. <laughs> well, and specifically yeah. ones that have uh, a a reputation of acting wild <laughs> right you, you know these guys it's not like he's a guy that seems like he takes that well right you know yeah. he's a guy that clearly pushes back yeah i mean I, I can understand like showing no fear but to actually like poke the bear just right you just keep poking seem, him poking him yeah that just doesn't seem uh like a good plan <laughs> it doesn't and obviously <laughs> it didn't go well dude had it coming <laughs> if he was clear if he was like that yeah i don't know about the other ceo he might have been a, one of the other dicks yeah. on the other side of the prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like every it unit got like, one that they don't like. One or two. Like, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it sounds like assholes complaining about assholes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're on the outside looking in, or even if you're on the inside looking at those guys, you might be like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing both of them gone. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you might be like, that guy's a prick. That guy's a bigger prick. But he's the one in charge. Well, very often, like they say in the movie Departed, you know, when a guy's pointing a gun at you, whether it's a cop or a criminal, does it really matter? Yeah, similar, similar, yeah. similar character types. You know, right. you got alpha people that are willing to do mm-hmm. wild shit, you know, for minimal money sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know, just because they're, you know, kind of, they're, they're all go. Yeah, we all know somebody. Yeah. We all know dudes like that. We all know guys that we went to school with where we're like, either, either he's going to be a crazy criminal or go in the military <laughs> or be a border patrol guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just some people you just see those traits and this, mm-hmm. you can go in. This guy's going to rape somebody one day. <laughs> yeah. And it's either going to be sanctioned by the government, by the city, yeah. or it's going to be for a gang or something. But it's going to happen. Right. Oh, definitely. I feel like I said there's a lot on here, but. Sometimes these guys would have been like I always say I don't cover serial killers it's too dark. Right. Some of these guys would have been serial killers if they didn't fall in with this gang or this thing that sure. just became their avenue of venting that. Right. It would have been hitchhikers on the street. Right. But yeah, oh yeah. but I joined this gang, you know, so now I'm not I'm a biker or I'm a mobster or I'm a fucking, you know, a, a Aryan Brotherhood. Well, you kind of kill him for a purpose, right? Right. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Karate was one of them, but wasn't he? Wasn't yeah. he the guy who kept trophies? Yeah, which was really strange. Nice. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, yep. Yeah. He, he kept little pieces and shit, and that's like, very yeah. serial like killer behavior. Tro- trophies yeah. of what, like stuff that the person had, or like stuff off their body. Uh, for him, what was it? They it was were, uh, well, it was something from yeah. So it was like jewelry or just a little different thing. Yeah. Just something they took mm-hmm. off of. But like that's serial killer behavior when you yeah. keep something like to remember it. It's like a trophy. Like mm-hmm. so, anytime you see it, you can remember that kind of murder. Wow. So, so he was a gangster, you know, a mobster. But that kind of shows you he would have, you know, yeah. went a different direction if he, he just used that set of skills that he had yeah. for them. That 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 they pointed the in a direction. In him and yes. like, we yeah. have a we have a use for you. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and like and usually in the movies when you see that, like the bosses would be like, "Hey, he's got a screw loose, but he comes in handy." <laughs> right. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Be like, I don't yeah. trust that guy right. at all. Right. But I don't invite him over to business. dinner or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you probably bring over a head or something, yeah. but you know, uh, he takes care of business. Or, you know, 
even like we were saying, two sides of the same coin. If you look in the military, that same guy. Right. You know, if you look at uh, what's the movie Full Metal Jacket, Animal Mother, oh, I'd yeah, be a yeah, shitty yeah. dude. But when you guys are kicking down a door, and you want that guy uh, right I'm, I'm, there. You know, I'm with him. <laughs> like, I'm with the big I'm crazy with guy. I'm Animal Mother over here. <laughs> yeah. hey, me and him, we go way back. This is my boy. Yep, that's my dude right there. So after the two murders, uh, USP Marion was subsequently placed in indefinite lockdown. The lockdown ended up lasting a total of 23 years. Shit. What, the solitary or the... Uh, lockdown on the whole prison. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. Like no visitor, no visitation, no outside time? They eliminate all the rights. Now, it varies from prison to prison. Wow. But that's where you don't get... Yeah, that's when you stop getting visitors, you stop getting commissary, you stop getting rec time, you start getting... Damn. Like, there's some kind of rule where you need to get so much exercise, so you always get, like, yard time. Yeah. But, you know, your TV privileges, like, the little stuff that makes life manageable like i said commissary you know oh, you're man. just kind of it's like in class when like, like who threw the spitball like everybody gets detention yeah, yeah. <laughs> amplified by like a thousand like you yeah. can't get shit for because 23 years that's another reason to say like those guys if you're just a regular prisoner here like man fuck those guys fuck those guys fuck yeah. the guards fuck everybody you're like i'm stuck here and like now i can't even get visitation i can't even get nothing yeah. Can't even get ramen noodles. Can't get nothing because of well, those guys. Yeah, everybody has their TV time. So like when when you're in prison, whatever your TV time. So it could be the vo- the view, whatever is on <laughs> when you have your. T- that's what you watch. No one's you know? this week, yeah, and that that's your shit. Like now all of a sudden I, I don't get my TV. I can't fucking yeah. In the 80s, man, there's a lot of good TV to miss. Right, yeah. just because these motherfuckers <laughs> want to act up, man. Man, that, those 23 years must have been fucking ridiculous, <laughs> that's, bro. Yeah, now which what's the name of that prison again? That's the Marion one? Uh, USP Marion. Yeah, that's... um. <laughs> so is it after the lockdown that they switched their whole uh, steez up? Like yep. they just... Okay, yeah. Yep. <laughs> which which wasn't that very strange. Which wasn't that long ago. That's this millennium now. So that yeah. would have been in the 2000s. Wow, that's interesting. Now, uh, Gomez... And Silverstein, they were both transferred to the United States Penitentiary in Atlanta. Silverstein was put in solitary confinement where they kept the lights on for 24 hours and he had mm-hmm. to be watched constantly. And they wanted to install a camera system and it took six months to install a camera system. So for six months, two guards sat outside of his cell for tw- 24 hours a day Jeez. until they installed the cameras. So that was one way he could keep track of the time. <laughs> right, Honestly, when the guard because, shift? Yeah, you shift, you'd be like, okay, well, it's daytime, it's nighttime, daytime, nighttime. Yeah, which, yeah, which shift are you? Because mm-hmm, otherwise you wouldn't really know, would you? Now, the court officer, the judges that sent him off the murder, his status was updated to no human contact. What that meant is outside of the guards, he couldn't see any people. So no visitors, no... Not even other prisoners, then. No other prisoners, no anything. No, I'm sorry, but... So once... (laughs) Wait a minute. So he got transferred Mm -hmm. to another prison. Yes, USP Atlanta. But all the people... In the other prison, are suffering because are of this. Suffering. <laughs> that's and fucked up. That's yeah, that's because of him and his right. crew and shit. Why? Yeah. That doesn't. That's that's. Yeah. So okay. they tra- so the first thing they do <laughs> is transfer weird. him out and then put right. So you were talking about that random prisoner that's just some guy doing his time. Yeah. Not only did they fucked us up for me, they ain't even here. Yeah. Like they did that shit and then left and then now I'm in lockdown. Right. Yeah, that's for the next that's... two decades. Wow, man, that's crazy. 
And you can't even put out a hit on this motherfucker because there's no yeah. way to even get anything yeah. out. Of and he's prison. in solitary. So they transfer him to this other place. And he's in solitary for how long now? Indefinitely? Or they do like a yearly check on his status to find out. So God, once a year, they'll Is bring him. crazy yet? Once Crazier? a year, they bring him in to see, you know what I mean, if he's okay or whatever. and Or if they need wow. to change his status. So if there's some reason that we need to upgrade him or whatever or put him. And every year, they're like, no, he's good in solitary. Put him back. Um, wow. It's no human contact is his status. He's like the only guy in the prison system. That had the no human, uh, so human contact. So all he sees is guards, and then once a year he sees like a physician or uh, yeah, and then and, he goes back to. And what and what? The, well, no, the physician comes to him. I don't want to jump the gun, but how how long is he in this solitary? A long time. A long time, man. It's so this, that time. that's got to be the worst of the worst, right? <laughs> as far as being in jail. Yes. Yeah, well, right. I, like they made it up for him. Like nobody else had ever had that. It's not. It never wow. been a thing. So it's kind of they were kind of making it up as they go. And then when they come and do they st- when they come and do the status checks, they said what they look for is signs of being anger and frustrated with the conditions. Because as long as he's fucking pissed off and hating it, they're like, "Yep, that's normal." Yeah. Because at that point, you'd rather be dead, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you have no interactions with anybody you know what i'm saying you you can't even like get a visit from a female and add something to your spank banker you know like (laughs) you just gotta remember every catalog you've ever looked at (laughs) your entire life like i remember a glamour from 1975 well Uh, and shit and he was born in the 50s so that shit was fucking i mean uh, you know, yeah. you're looking at like a mom with an apron on the cover of a magazine <laughs> with the closest that you get to some shit. With so. some really crazy recipes inside. Yeah, I mean, he probably has no choice but to be beaten off the fucking the, the COs that, he, <laughs> <laughs> that are always there. Like, they're there. They're like, oh, thank God he's shaved today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes it a little easier. But like... It's so terrible. I mean, I'm not trying to minimize killing a CO in yeah. any way. But he can't be the... So anybody that does what he did mm-hmm. would get the same treatment, but if he can't be the first guy that killed a guard, right? Or you know what I'm saying, like, or maybe he was. I I don't know, but it just seems like well, I mean, it happened. Before. He already had two life sentences or three, three, three already. I mean, what yeah. what more are you gonna add on to? Yeah, the dude, you yeah, know what I'm saying. Pretty much. Well, what they were more frustrated with the with the organizing. Like, so I'm, I'm sure, I don't know. I didn't check this. They did say something about the first time that, uh, up until then handcuffing had been like almost a hundred percent. You know what I mean? When you got your guy on. So he's the guy first time that they had to like rechange their handcuff protocol to keep an eye on these guys. He's an innovator. Right. (laughs) But I didn't say what you want about terrible time, but uh, (laughs) he, he gets things done. So I don't know that it's the first time anybody's ever killed a guard. I think it's the first time that they've ever done like a simultaneous, organized hit on right. guards which yeah, is what they're in trying. a particular prison right so yeah. some people had said well what he did like yeah that's terrible but he killed a guard then you have people that go out and kill tons of people right but then get thrown in right and they're in general population yeah so there's you know this is weird what the guy's quote was he says when an inmate kills a guard he must be punished. We can't execute Silverstein, so we have no choice but to make his live in a hell. Otherwise, other Ill- inmates will kill guards, too. There has to be some supreme punishment. Every convict knows that Silverstein is going through, and we want them to realize that if they cross the same line that he did, he will pay a heavy price. But it's weird. Like, if you, if, if everybody's going to know what he did and, and what he's going through, 
why the fuck would you transfer him? Wouldn't he be going through that there so then people know? Like, like this is an example of what happens when you do this. Right, you We're think they're gonna they, ship you somewhere else? Well, you think that he would, uh, like, they would have been better off, like, keeping him there so, like, right. when he is, like, some back into the general population, these motherfuckers are still in, you know, complete lockdown. That they're gonna want, like, some kind of payback from, yeah. you know, for what they did. Yeah. You know, him and his crew did to. And everybody else has to punish because that's the way jail works, right? Yeah. yeah. But you fuck with everybody else, they're going to fuck that prisoner up. Yeah. You know, you ruin something for everybody else. Maybe they just thought that the corruption would get so out of hand that there really nothing they could do about it and that he would eventually get killed. Big gang war or some shit break out. Sounds like something that they would want. Not something I would want, but something that they would want. Like, you know, we can't give them the death penalty, whatever. Apparently they couldn't because obviously they would have. Right. So there has to be some recourse on their end. You know, it's just very strange. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, So they're try- what they're trying to say is we're trying to torture him to set the precedence that you can't fuck with our guards. Right, right, yeah. And that's crazy because everybody's just trying to set the tone. Tom's just trying to say, hey, if you fuck with us, we'll kill you. Yeah, and they're trying to say, trying well, to if you kill the message. us. There's a lot of messages. Doesn't seem to be working, <laughs> doesn't seem to be working out well for anybody, no, honestly. No, none of these messages are resonating pretty much with anybody. Now, so the murders at... USP uh, Marion. They were the inspiration for the design of the Federal Max Super Prison, Florence ADX. Oh, nice name. So Florence ADX in Colorado is uh, America's biggest Supermax prison. So as of right now, it's currently housing Larry Hoover, El Chapo, the Unabomber, and all time. Wow. Like. Matulo Shakur was there. Nikki Scarfo was there. Damn. And uh, Bad Guy Podcast alum Charles Harrelson was in Florence Supermax also. Nice. So they built that prison. Like, after that happened, they were like, okay, we need somewhere to really put these. (laughs) We need another place to put all the worst people (laughs) in. (laughs) We're going to get it right this time. I swear. In 1987, there was uh, the Atlanta prison riots, which was in the USP Atlanta, where he was serving his time. In the riot, a bunch of Cuban detainees took over the prison, and they had it for a significant amount of time. What year was this, 87? 1987. Okay, it seems I remember hearing about this. I mean, this would have been prime uh, Cuban crime wave era, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Push it to the limit. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Vice City. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah. The FBI wouldn't work with them, so they weren't they weren't trying to negotiate, and they're like, oh, we could just wait them out. So what the Cubans did was they went and let Silverstein out. So that was the first time in four years of being completely held in solitary confinement that he got to get out of solitary and see other people and shit. Wow. <clears throat> but, I mean, this is in the middle of a riot. Yeah. So Well, it was, it was <laughs> kind like- of post-riot. So after the riot was calmed down and they had control of the prison. So the Cubans took over the prison. Okay, yeah. And they were at a negotiating stage. Yeah. And they are finally like, all right, let's just let Silverstein out. Uh, and I bet wow. he has some aggression to let out. <laughs> and all of a sudden, as soon as they let him out, and they're like, well, we let uh, Tom Silverstein out. All of a sudden, the government was like, all right, well, look, we'll come to the negotiating table. Give us Silverstein. <laughs> <laughs> and... We'll work with your demands and oh, shit. Oh, these guys are serious. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got Silverstein? Yeah, they let Silverstein out. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, what have we got to uh, bargain with? Well, yeah, so they were they were afraid, like, tickets. as soon as they let him out, they were like, okay, this motherfucker's going to kill all the guards. Like, let's let's work with them. All right, let's 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 go to the table. What's his melee weapon at this time? <laughs> like, man. 
a prison guard testified that during the riot, he actually had a chance and somebody thought he was going to kill the guy. And it was a guard that was typically pretty nice to him. And Tom told him, like the guy, he said every time the guy would handcuff him, the guy would ask if they were too tight and shit like that. And when he had a chance to kill him, he just kind of let him go. And the guard said, you're already, you're a hostage in a prison riot. Right. And this guy that you've been watching because he's an <laughs> officer killer yeah. a day in and day out is all of a sudden free. <laughs> yeah. Free. So he, he got it. He <laughs> was like, you know, he was, he wasn't poking the bear. Right. Right. Well, and it, and it helped. If one of those asshole guards had been on shift, and that's who they had hostage, and he was free. Yeah. But they said he he pretty much seemed happy just to be able to uh, walk around. Like, he he had been in solitary for so long at that point that even just walking around a prison is like walking around New York City. I'm stuck in my closet for like seven years, and I step out into my fucking kitchen. I'm be like, "Oh, this is amazing!" I'm like, look, this, this is the nicest stove. kitchen ever. There's a refrigerator. Oh, so much room. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So they trade the the Cubans were like, "Well, fuck yeah," because we didn't really we don't want them. You know, we're just rioting and shit, and we for sure don't care about this area. <laughs> I mean, he just happened to be there. All we did is push a button, right? <laughs> and we Wait, what can cl- uh, break glass in case of emergency? <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. Here comes Silverstein. So they were like, "Well, fuck yeah." So they traded Silverstein for some of their demands. So they took him and they sent him back to Leavenworth, where he stayed for the next eighteen years. Okay, so <laughs> Cubans took over. It, so they got their demands. Well, they got some of them. I mean, they got they got. I mean, I'm sure they didn't just and get all. He didn't. Do, all he did was be in solitary. Solitary. And they helped him. Yeah. Well, did they help? Because well, they let him out. Was, yeah, but going back to Leavenworth, is this worse than where he was? It's the same or thing. Is it the same thing? Yeah, same thing. Same shit, different scenario, scenery, or is he going back to confinement? Yeah, he's still yeah. he's still in solitary confinement. He's still. Uh, <laughs> So I got like a little trip out of it, I guess. Yeah. Maybe outside. Uh, but honestly, when he ba- went back to Leavenworth for 18 years, it was back to no human contact in the same setup. So it's so weird to have somebody speak on your behalf. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? You think weird? you would ask for something out of it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, hey. be like, uh, that's just so strange. Be like, okay, well, all I'm doing is, you know, I'm a terrible person. I killed a CEO, so I'm gonna do my time. I'm sitting in solitary. They let me out, and they use me as a pawn i guess yeah i'm sure he didn't know it was the negotiations was over him you know yeah, right. no like you know like if, if only one day the cubans take over the prison then i'll at least get a small vacation he's not going to hang out with the cubans to see what they're doing obviously. they're not gonna put a bag over his head as he takes the trip to leavenworth so at least you know he got to be outside for whatever like it's very strange that that is kind of sad so now for the next yeah. 18 years every day when you're in solitary confinement you're like, yeah well, i mean today could be the day the cubans riot you never know <laughs> yeah, you never know man. It, it's happened before Stranger yeah. things have happened. <laughs> you know? dude i got you're to like, i got to walk around c block it was so fucking it dope. was beautiful <laughs> those khaki carpets was uh yeah I, I, the first question would be when i got to leavenworth it'd be like so lots of cubans here <laughs> they, were the cubans in the other prison did they even have a gang no not really well, they, i think i mean like the fucking aryan brotherhood had to be like jesus christ man <laughs> you're like look at all the shit we did and the goddamn cubans took over and be like you know what i'm saying like 
Goddamn Cubans. We had to work on the plan and shit. <laughs> we, like, we, we worked this hard and we got overshadowed. Well, I'm guessing it had to be just a numbers a numbers game because in the 80s, there's so many Cubans came over at the same time and oh. kind of immediately went into the drug trade. And that's a, I mean, that's a federal crime, right? Yeah. So I'm guessing it was just a numbers game. You just get so many people in that so many, you know, oh, and people like, okay, that's the problem with M, like the issue with MS-13, right? They're from El Salvador, and it was a war-torn country. So when they came here, they were just ready to go to a level that people ain't seen. Yeah. You know, they were kind of like fist fighting and maybe shooting each other. Yeah, they anything's ca- better than... Yeah, they came from a place yeah. where they're macheting each other in the street. So they're ready to go to a different level. Cuba was kind of like that. That was Castro, you know what I mean? War-torn yeah. Cuba. These guys come over to America, they were kind of like, oh... Your crime ain't shit. Like, dude, we'll machine gun motherfuckers and hit them with chainsaws and shit. You know, they were they're yeah. ready to go. Right. War torn countries produce dark, dark criminals. For sure. Because <clears throat> there's a level of desperation that people uh, on a general level don't understand. Yeah. It's like um, I saw a weird it's I know this is a side thing, but like Dave Matthews was talking about how he said he was starving once and he was near somebody like in South Africa and they were like literally starving. So he's like, you know, like you say these certain things that they're just phrases, but in certain contexts, they take on different meaning because they're literal. People are literally starving. starving. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, look, you take that end of your little water bottle and pour it down the drain and throw that away. Yeah. 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 In the meantime, these people got to walk two miles both ways for just for a bucket of water that they got to use for For the day and shit, you know? Yep. Yeah, fucking America, man. That's, uh, that's how we go. It. America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. America. America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, see, I need a drop board. I'm <laughs> <in> there. <laughs> now, in 2005, Leavenworth was downgraded to a medium security facility. So they transferred Tom Jeez. to ADX Florence, Supermax in Colorado, which was the prison that he basically inspired. <laughs> this guy is taking a journey, man. Well, he's taking a journey without getting to see any of it. Yeah. So he's going from spot to spot to spot, but all he sees is the same couple guards and the fucking same walls all day, every day. My question is, do the other prisoners think of him in like high regard? Very. Okay. He's kind of like a um like Paul Bunyan of Got the it. prison gangs. You know Got what I mean? It. He's he's like Oh, Jews coming in. He's held in very he hard killed esteem. 7,000 guards with his bare hands. You know what I'm saying? Like well, they always I, I exaggerate. Feel, I feel like that could have been why maybe the Cubans let him out. It's you know, it's like when you see fucking okay, uh, yeah. I picture it like Con Air, you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, everything yeah, is. Cyrus the virus. Right, but like these are a bunch of guys from different shit, but at some point we're just trying to do some crime in, and you know what? Hey, yep. we'll get this crazy motherfucker out. How about that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Look, I don't like your gang, but I respect what you're doing out here. Right, right, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stirring up shit. I like that. When he goes to ADX Florence, he was set in an area called Range 13 in the shoe, which is special housing units, which only has four cells. He's... The, the main cell at the end, which the whole unit is kind of built around, and it was specially designed for him. Wow. It's got a shower built into it because he's not allowed to leave his cell for anything, so he doesn't even get to leave to go to showers. <laughs> well, he did stab that cop when he was going to shower, yeah, you know? Yeah. So he's not allowed to leave for showers. <laughs> I got the perfect solution for that. Put Damn. the shower in his cell. His outdoor and indoor rec centers are built into his cell with electronic doors that just unlock when they need them. Wow. So even when he gets to go, he gets an hour a day, and he, I think it's only in one or the other. So if it's too cold to go in the outdoor rec area, he's got an indoor one. Wow. But 
so he just sits in there for his cell for 23 hours and then either door opens and he gets to spend an hour in that spot hmm. it's hmm. also it's also got a visiting room which is also built into his cell even though he's not allowed any visitors right, right. So this is a this good is good news and bad news. This is a painting of his cell. Well, not a painting. This is a drawing yeah. of a cell that he did. Cabinet without an eye. So a cabinet. And then he does have a TV. They oh, he does have a TV. Once he moved to ADX Florence, they st- they slowly started adding on privileges. They didn't do it to be humane. They did it because. One of his evaluators said, if you don't have anything to take from him, there's nothing really stopping him from doing whatever. So you have no control over him because he doesn't have anything. Right. So once they put him here, they gave him. Man, that's messed up. So they gave him a TV and he can can send mail. So he spends most of his time sending mail. He's got a, a blog. That he sends his mail out to somebody. That's they had a a website that puts like his art up there, and they update stats on it. Like you like keep you updated on what he's got going on and shit. But it's he can't ever meet with anybody or talk with anybody. So it's just from correspondence he can do. So he yeah. can sell he can send letters in and out. Over in the side, they got a conveyor belt. They put his food on the conveyor belt and send them into him. He puts the stuff back on the conveyor belt. So this is just for him? That hallway is not his. Oh, okay. So that hallway he has no access to. That's the hallway he sees every day. So he has access. That's the doors you were talking about that open up for him. So he's in that part that says cell 23 hours a day. An hour for every day he gets to go in either the outside rec area or the indoor rec area. Got it. Okay. That hallway he gets to look into, all it has is a, a microwave that they can heat up his food in. And he could see out there, but nobody can go out there. They also built a hospital 100 yards from where he, his cell in the same unit because they don't want to take him out of the unit if they have to. Damn. God, man. So every anytime they take him out because he has court cases, like so in 2007, he sued the prison system for saying that the uh, no human contact rule was uh, like excessive. That it's inhumane. Yeah, it's inhumane. And uh, he said basically it was torture. Like he was being tortured for killing the guard. So he's being used as an example, which he, they pretty much admit he was, but nobody gives a fuck. I mean, and whatever. It is what it is. He's in 2007, he sued him. But like, so when he would have to go to him from the doctor or to him from court, and shit like that and as much as possible they bring shit to him but he's accompanied by eight guards and another guard that records everything as it goes <laughs> so that they can see every step he makes and then and then you, you see all the big circles on the drawing of his unit yeah. those are all cameras so at any time they can see exactly where he is and what he's doing when i was in washington state i was living there um when i was coming home <laughs> I had to spend, uh, they had like a charter flight at night and the next flight was in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I had to spend the whole night in the SeaTac uh, airport. And uh, this was pre-internet too. So like I just bought a book. I bought The Shining and I decided I was going to read that all night. Around like three or four o'clock in the morning, there were eight guard, eight officers with a guy in the middle in a jumpsuit chained up and they walked him all the way across where I was sitting and he stared at me. <laughs> the whole time as he walked and I'm like looking like what in the fuck did this guy do and I'm like so when you say eight people I realized the severity <laughs> of the dude that was making eye contact with me as he walked through the whole airport Is that cr- I was like I'm reading The Shining you know what I'm saying like in the airport is not very you know there's not a lot going on 
So that was when you say that, uh, that it adds a little gravity to what uh to what I seen that night. It, and that, that guy probably was just fucking with you. Like, you know what? You know what's gonna scare the shit out of this guy? <laughs> I mean, you I'm know, gonna fucking stare at this motherfucker. I would, I would too, but like, I mean, it seems like it was merited because you know what I'm saying. Like, if there was eight cops, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I had never seen anything like that before. How many setups does this jail had for prisoners like him? Well, it's got a lot. Like, now you can see some of them. It's got a lot of these, uh, like, outdoor. Like, so they have areas where it's like a rec area where the prisoners can go to socialize. Okay. And that each prisoner is still is in, like, a little cage. Hmm. <laughs> so, like, you go outside, but then now you're all just in your individual cages around each other outside. Weird. Like it's really it's really intense. But his is basically the prison is kind of built around his unit. And oh, and that's why that's why they got the visiting room in there. He's not allowed to have visitors, so that room's never been used. Right. But they have it when he dies and some somebody, else, somebody else is going to go in there. Yeah. Well, he uh he died on May 11th, 2019. Wow, oh. just last year. Yeah. So I shouldn't write him to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to draw an album yeah. cover. <laughs> So yeah, just just recently, but he, he kicked it around for quite a long while. Yeah, I mean, compared to like a lot of the other stories you uh yeah. I've listened to already, you know, it, it's all back in the nineteen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. Those guys don't live very long. <laughs> no. So they ended up being right. like sixty eight, sixty nine. What's that? Sixty eight, sixty nine years old. He was at fifty two, <clears throat> right? He was born. Uh, I think it was sixty seven. Mm, okay. He died in 2019. He was born wow. in 52. So yeah, that'd be yeah. 67. So 67 years old. When he died... He's been in jail since he was 19, right? He came out after 19. He did four years at 19. Then he was out for a couple years and then went back. Mm. But in total, he did 36 years in solitary confinement, which is... Wow. No American prisoner has spent more time in solitary confinement. Really? Yeah. Wow. Who's in a cell now? <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, that's crazy crazy well then now they got to do like a draft board so now they're going to go back to florence and they're like okay you know put put together their their options like we got el chapo we got fucking larry hoover who are we going to put in the fucking cadillac suite over there Man, right. that's, that is insane 36 years? yeah 36 years and not just solitaire it's uh 36 years of solitaire with no human contact so outside of guards he didn't talk to or see anybody 36 years no visitors nuts, no prisoners no nothing but he was able to correspond so like yeah i mean but still, he was eventually able God. to send letters and once he started sending letters he sent so many like i said he started a blog and a website and shit yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he had his own etsy <laughs> <laughs> oh his facebook was popping he did he did learn how to crochet how yeah, do you was, crochet without needles i don't know who are you gonna stab you can't see people yeah, I mean, he's got a conveyor belt, right? right? I guess he wasn't a suicide risk. I don't know. They for, they for sure said uh, he could crochet. Be like, you can crochet, <laughs> but you just got to use your fingers. You got to figure it out yourself, asshole. <laughs> All right. You'll figure it out. You're a smart guy, Terrible Tommy. you figure it out. All right, so that's the story of Terrible Tom. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Go on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. Terrible Tom spent more time doing nothing than he did doing anything. Yeah. He was a match. Burnt hot for a short amount of time, and then 
just sat there for 36 years. Do you have any idea what the legacy or the legend of Terrible Tom has transcended into? Or is it, I wonder if, uh, you know, I'm sorry about that. I remember Terrible Tom. You know, he bumped into me in the lunch line one time. (laughs) I seen a former federal uh, prisoner say that in, he's kind of like the stuff of legends, like, even though he only died recently. Yeah. Technically, to the Aryan Brotherhood, to everybody, he's been gone forever. You know what I mean? Even though he's out there and they know he's out there, yeah, that's zero contact. There's nothing. Yeah, it's you not can, like he can do anything. He can't them do or, do anything. Yeah. But so he was just kind of like, like a rallying cry. And honestly, kind of like we were talking about the Con Air thing. Even with the people that aren't the Aryan Brotherhood, yeah, he's kind of respected as like a. I mean, these, a lot of these guys hate COs. So now we got to cast this. So if he's gonna make a movie of. Terrible Tom, Tom Silverstein. I have the pictures. We haven't seen them yet. Do either you have like a pre-guess? Can't be a... It has to be a white guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that limits it. Uh, Did you mention to, to how most tall of, he was? That limits it to most of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned how tall he was? Oscar's or? so white. No, it, uh, it, it really never referenced size-wise. And when I do have pictures, I've never seen a picture of him with another human. So all the pictures are of him all by himself. Uh, so I don't have a, a reference of size, honestly. I don't know. He, I mean, sounds like he'd be a pretty big dude. Just the scenario and the descriptions, and especially the dudes with the mustaches, makes me think of uh, Tom Hardy and Bronson. Okay. I don't know if he was that big or, you know, that muscular or whatever, but how chaotic he was right made me think of bronson especially with the guards <laughs> i was gonna say i feel like he's kind of an american equivalent kind of of a bronson type right oh yeah it sounds like it yeah like a especially his aggression toward the guards and his yeah. uh chopper one of those yeah guys? yeah even chopper yeah chopper reed yeah i don't know all right know. well here say, we go I'll say like brock lesnar <laughs> brock lesnar <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lesnar is the only dude that could go to San Quentin or Leavenworth or wherever with that tattoo of a cock on his chest. (laughs) And everybody's like, oh, it's cool. It's It's cool. Uh, Don't worry about it, Brock. (laughs) All right, so I got a bunch of pictures of him, like through like a timeline. Okay, so he was young. It's like a Johnny Depp looking motherfucker. (laughs) Right? Yeah, Oh, man, I can't. I, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. Play, he was in the movie Maniac. He played. He played the Maniac. He was also in Godfather. It looks like him. I'll, I'll be able to tell you in a minute. But on the right, he looks like Peter Fonda. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> he turned into Peter Fonda. So I got some more pictures. There's a bunch of pictures of him. Oh, look at Tommy oh. Chung. <laughs> oh come on, man. You, know, you were talking about earlier the cholo thing. Like, look at that yeah, picture. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the, he's a white guy with. He looks like a, the little lowrider toy. So wait a minute. If he has no human contact. <laughs> That picture in the middle, that looks like 95% of the dudes at the gym. <laughs> Who's taking pictures for him? And for what? I don't know. For like, his, uh... you get no physical contact or no human contact, but he's, I mean, he's smiling. This must have been when he got his... Uh, That's for his Facebook profile, right? the middle one, yeah. for sure. Well, what I would say is this, is you see, like, the when he was younger, 
like those pictures were like mug shots and shit like that. And right. then all of a sudden there's like you don't see a gap in between, and then all of a sudden you see old again. So I'm assuming this, this was once he yeah. started getting some of his privileges and shit. Definitely like, in the 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Well, that one says 2009. Oh yeah, that one is. So I'm. That's all got to be. He went to Florence in 2005, so somewhere around there. So this definitely is that cage. Yes. So that's the outside oh, that wreck outside area. Cage, yeah. Yeah. Joe Spinell was the name of the guy that when he was young. He looked like. Oh man, yeah, he he looks different as he get older. I got like seven pictures and he looks different in every one. Yeah, he does. I was about to say that shit. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. We see a lot of him, right? <laughs> yeah. So all his action shit is all when he's kind of younger and it's all in one time frame, right? But then a lot of the story is him, you know, he goes to be 67 years old and shit. Yeah. So I think I want to get like both the Eastwoods. So Clint Eastwood and his son, and his son will play ah, young him, and Clint yeah. Eastwood play like old him. Right. And then he could like direct it, they could win an award or something, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Even though on the left picture, he is making an Owen Wilson face. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> you're dead on with the Eastwood. Like, he, it's not that he looks that much like him, but that's the rugged type of. Yeah. Right. You're dead on. He, about he could that play it. Sure. He could play it. For sure. For sure. So, I mean, you would think someone would have made a movie by, about this dude. You know, I feel like this every time I do one, but like yeah. these guys. But, just... I mean, they, they designed a whole prison around this guy. You know, the guy that's, yeah, you, that's know? you know what I'm and saying? And then look at him. You're like, built an entire prison because of that guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> right here he looks like it's just some stoner that got <laughs> his third DUI. Steve it does. This <laughs> shit. Then I don't know. <laughs> looks like Mr. Rogers there, you know? <laughs> Doesn't look very dangerous, but then again, they don't have it. That's crazy, man. I didn't expect him to look like that. He doesn't look so terrible. So now we gotta do the DEFCON scale. Standard DEFCON scale is five to one. Five being the lowest, one being the highest. But these guys are all bad guys. So even five, five's not a good guy. Five is like Lee Murray, like a crack dealing, kidnapping bank robber. Right. One would be the purple gang who is, you know, doing multiple gap massacres and gang wars and killing cops in the streets. On a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate Terrible Tom? I would say about a three. Yeah, I'm at three, too. The, I mean, it's so hard to, like... I mean, he killed a guard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he stabbed the dude 42 times. So, like, um, shanked him. I mean, my yeah. bad. Uh, <laughs> Get your prison terms right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. He shanked him. Uh, you, you don't stab a guy 42 times. No, you no, no. You shank no, no. a guy you, 42 times. You shank times. a guy 42 times. And it makes that noise, too. Shank, 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 shank. Yeah, I mean, he was a pretty badass, but, like, it's not like he... Uh, he went off the handle and killed a bunch of people. Right. I mean, I, I think I, I only remember three, four murders. It was uh, four. Three four, prisoners four and a guard. Right. And Which I feel well, only four murders. I mean, they're prisoners. Right. There, yeah, yeah. right. So. At the same t- yeah, that's what the interesting part about it, though. Three prisoners and a guard. Meaning that he didn't kill anybody outside of yeah. the prison system. No non-combatants. So that's... Which I, I'm kind of shocked, though. You know, there, you hear a lot of stories about even like I know this is you know the 50s through you know 2000s, but yeah. you know a, a lot of these other stories, you know, they've <laughs> they've gotten off <laughs> like that one dude who kept getting out of jail. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he weird. was for sure not getting out. Right, and he, you know, he he's killing prisoners and shit, but 
he was already in there for a long time. So what else do you do? It, he just got the short end of the stick, you know, when he got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he seems like, I, I mean, like this sounds horrible, but he, he doesn't sound like he's very good at what he does. Huh? Meaning that the little things that he did, I mean, they're not little things, but but they're insignificant compared to the volume of things that other people have done. Yeah. Okay. Um, he never got away with anything. Right. No, <laughs> and, and he seemed to do the minimal to get the maximum. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, again, not minimizing the death of a guard, but he did that one thing that fucked him forever. Yeah. Put him in a room with no contact. For, it's like, you know, he, he really aimed high, but came up low. If that short. makes sense. If it makes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like no, it just, it. he, he really fucked himself. Right. And, um, right. He was trying to prove a point. Yeah. To it, some guards to let them know, don't fuck with us. And yeah. all he did was just screw himself. I mean, what he get out of it, you know, and not only homies did he help him. Yeah. benefits from it, but he screwed over an entire <laughs> prison <laughs> of people for, so I guess, you know, I don't know was it better in the long ways. run? Because yeah, he, he would have been different ways to look at it. You can look at it and be like, man, this guy changed the prison system. This guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. cause he did, right. He, he, he changed one whole prison their entire shit for 24 years and he also facilitated the building of another prison <laughs> so it's like you know how do you rate that like it's just strange okay. if it was a strange guy if it wasn't for terrible tom where would we put el chapo right. you know what i mean like fuck and he still escaped from wherever <laughs> the hell they put him in before what was he like he went through the roof or some shit like i don't i mean i don't know man it's yeah. just very interesting how uh you take this one guy that nobody's heard of and then you realize all the things that changed because of him. Right. Yeah. And then you look at him, and then you see what he did, and you're like, man, really? Yeah. All because of him? Well, right. I, I think that's... Like, not it, even Manson, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, because like, this is the same era and shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they might even talk about Manson as if he's deadlier, you know, just because of his influence. Well, uh, I'm glad that came up, because I actually had something for that, but I forgot to mention it. So anything I don't write down, I will forget. Turns yeah. out I don't remember anything. But yeah, I'm I'm 44, so I, I know how that goes. <laughs> Manson went to the Aryan Brother Brotherhood mm-hmm. for security, mm. and they wouldn't work with him. And they didn't like him for one because he killed a pregnant lady, mm. and for two, mm. his Char- music. Charlie Manson was a little left for them. <laughs> <laughs> little left, left leaning. Yeah, he's a little liberal, like some of his. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, when uh when charlie Gosh, manson is a little it. left for you <laughs> uh, yeah you know he came we had a meeting yeah you know at the end of the day we just didn't see eye to eye like it's not <laughs> just because he's short well it's one of those things where you, you almost get some respect you're like oh they won't work with charles manson because he killed a pregnant lady and you're like yeah i respect that and they're like well and i think charles manson's very liberal like well, yeah, okay. yeah 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 so what the fuck? <laughs> all right and we're back uh he didn't dislike black people so yeah i can't really fuck with him all right so we'll call that uh a majority three then i guess we can go with yeah, yeah i can't i mean it's a hard one though just that, because of was that your number yeah, I was. I mean, it's. I mean, it's tough to negotiate, but I, I. I think, like you said, you know, he doesn't seem to be. He's aggressive. I mean, we didn't get much information. Maybe he was running this great, you know, operation that I right, never heard yeah. of. I don't know. Right. But it seems like, as far as the information that's publicly that's public record, 
Seems like he got caught doing everything he ever did. Right. You know? <laughs> he was always up for the fight, but just didn't know how to handle it. Right? Yeah. Like, and he could win a fight, but I mean, he's getting caught. So I, th- and you know, when you start looking at body count, there's some guys that really put up, you know, he killed a handful of guys and yeah. it seems like, well, I mean, two of them he didn't even do. You know, and then, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it. He even do two of them, and then kill that guy. And then the one guy wanted to kill him. You know, Cadillac Ray wanted to kill him, and uh, and, and Merle Clutch was no, see, that one I did. Merle Clutch, I, that one I did. Yeah. So why why wouldn't you admit to the other two? I mean, did he really not kill them? Because. I mean, you already got a life sentence. Like, well, I think maybe once you carried that guy around, I don't know, or maybe you tell the story, you're gonna stick yeah, with it. I mean, like, yeah, why wouldn't you just say, like, yeah, yeah I kill I'm in here, right? Wouldn't yeah. I want people to fear me, right? Like, yeah, I kill those motherfuckers. So I maybe mean, you didn't kill. I'm them. not going up for parole anytime soon. Yeah, yeah and how you does know? it make it any better? Where you're right. like, I didn't kill them too. That, that would be but the only I did reason. This guy, right? You know? That would be the only reason why you. Don't admit to someone because there's a chance that you might get out of right. jail. Right. Hey, that w- exactly. That, yeah. That legitimately would be pretty rough. Like you go to prison for some armed robberies, get two fucking bodies that you didn't do, and then at some point you're just like, "Well, oh, fuck it. I'm I here. Mean, I mean, I'm already getting charged with them. I might as well just fucking yeah, that, that, that's, get my shank on. Right. Yeah, that's some very. That's I mean, because very... he admitted to the other two people that he killed. I mean, I mean that is true. People seen him. Right. So maybe he really didn't kill those two people. So it was four people total, right? <laughs> yes. Two that he said he didn't do. Mm-hmm. One, the Cadillac Ray, and then one, the, uh, the, the guard. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's that's. It's hard to say, man. Well, and let's not forget about that $11,000 he stole from three liquor stores or whatever the <laughs> right. fuck he was out. Well, $11,000 in 70s money is... Uh, that's not, uh, that's not that's a decent like haul. Grand. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Zach, this is Crystal Palace. Sink Norad has declared DEFCON 3. Scramble all alert aircraft. I repeat, scramble all alert aircraft. All right, you guys uh, got anything before we go? Ah, good story, man. Yeah, right. I'm going to go home and practice my drawing <laughs> so that one day I can be as good as Terrible Tom. <laughs> I'm glad we could be of an inspiration to you. That's what we're yeah. here for, you know? All right. You want to look at pictures of them, it'll be on the Instagram at Bad Guy Podcast, And you can email us. So any questions, comments, anything like that, email us at say hello to the bad guy podcast at gmail.com. Well, that's the podcast. Uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead Spent my birthdays in the trap, we had to work with what we had She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam, man. And I don't need a hundred friends, I just want a hundred bands A hundred jugs, a hundred scams, ay, ay. So out of money, grabbed a hundred hams out of money, grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay. And I still keep it on me. Run into your big homie. First you meet your dead homie. Ay. Yeah. Say-
Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I like my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. 